Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Lexclusive, the podcast produced by Paper Street Web Design and Marketing. As always, I'm your host, Nancy, the Client Relations Manager here at Paper Street. And today I'm joined by Allison, our Content Director, and Jen, one of our top designers. Hi, everyone. Hello. All right. Today, we'll be talking about a topic that's often pretty confusing for law firms, law firm social media one-on-one. Should you have a law firm social media account? What should it look like? What are some of the requirements? Today, we'll talk about all of that and give you a quick overview of why it's something that you should consider for your law firm. But it's also something that we ask that you have realistic expectations when you think about what you want to come from your social media campaign. So first and foremost, why do you do social media for attorneys? Social media is main goal, truthfully, is branding. It's to create a cohesive identity for your firm, whether it be that you get more exposure to your logo, whether it be you put a face to your firm and you have pictures of your firm, you emphasize the claims that you handle, perhaps you have a theme that you mention, you know, whether you're a people's law firm or you you are top for corporate corporates and mergers and acquisitions and all of that, you know, whatever it is you choose to identify as, you set your branding up through social media. So that's really the biggest and most important aspect of social social media. Of course, once you've done that, there are other important elements of social media that contribute to the overall performance of your digital marketing campaign. For example, if you have proper posts in place, it could direct traffic to your website. It's a great place to have career posting. You know, if you want to have a position, you want people to apply, putting it on LinkedIn, for example, is a top place to put it as a lot of professionals, especially attorneys are on LinkedIn. And then, of course, there is also the conversion factor. You know, you hope that someone will see your social media, whether it be an article, whether it be just your bio on social media or anything like that. And you just hope that it will be something that will draw in a conversion. Um, Hootsuite is a popular software that people use for their social media. And it reports that 71% of lawyers have gained uh, clients via social media. That might be a bit of a lofty goal, but of course, that possibility is definitely still there. Allison, Jen, anything you'd like to add about that? Yeah. As the designer, I would love to kind of expand a little bit on the branding. Um, Not only is it important that everything remains cohesive, but one of the best parts about branding is that you become recognizable. So even if you're sort of posting different topics, um, everything being cohesive and and maintaining your brand and your image, uh, your colors and your your styles uh, is very important for uh, client recognition or, you know, branching out and finding new people who recognize you just based off of what you're posting and making sure that that um, remains true to your branding. Exactly. And the tone too, right? That's, you know, part of your brand, how, how you're crafting the messages. Are we a little more casual, you know, a little more friendly? Maybe there's, you know, your profile has a sense of humor. Maybe you're a little more corporate, you know, those are kind of like the content aspects that also speak to your brand that those posts you're making on a regular basis, you know, kind of uh, also, you know, share with your audience, you know, kind of through a, a, a different channel, essentially. So that's important to consider too. Mm-hmm. And both of you hit the nail on the head too, because I think a lot of people think if I'm doing social media for law firms, I'm only doing it for like personal injury or family law. But there is a, a huge sense of corporate connections that you can make for with your social media as well. So, you know, you are drawing attention to your firm. You know, yes, you may have a great established reputation, but that's not to say that your word of mouth is enough. You may need to reach out by way of social media to 
further enhance your brand, to further solidify somebody's mindset of you. Because yes, you may be the great corporate word of mouth lawyer, but there may also be another one of you in that city or your region. So it's important that you realize that social media can apply to everyone, no matter what type of field of law you're in. Yes, definitely. You're right. Like, you know, PI type lawyers, plaintiff type lawyers tend to be the most talked about, right, in this sphere. But it, I mean, social media, a social media strategy can apply to any business in any industry and throughout any practice area, Um, you know, and that's important to recognize. And and also, right, what your, how your audience changes based on that group. So if you're not in a plaintiff type firm, you know, maybe you're looking for other legal professionals, or maybe you're specifically looking for business owners, um, or maybe people in a specific neighborhood, you know, that's maybe up and coming or being developed near you. Um, so you can also kind of funnel it that way as well. Absolutely. And also it, it adds as like a certain extra level of sort of trust. Um, if you already have an incredible word of mouth, but you're also visible online, that only helps build your brand even more. Yeah. And you look like you got it together. You know, I mean, everybody should be on social media in 2023. So, you know, even if you're posting, if you're posting consistently for, you know, a certain, you know, age group of people, it, it, it looks like, you know what you're doing, right. You're, you're with it. You're up to date and, you know, taking your business seriously. I mean, at least for me in the marketplace, it's always something that I look at. And, you know, I think that flows into what exactly I was going to talk about next in terms of the channels for social media, you know, because I think when people think of social media, it's automatically Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I've had clients ask me if they should do TikTok or Snapchat. But, you know, social media could be applied and manipulated to whomever your your audience is. You know, social media is LinkedIn. And I think sometimes lawyers forget that, that if I'm saying, oh, you should think about promoting yourself on social media, I don't necessarily mean you should have Facebook. Although if you are what I call the people-centered claims like immigration law, criminal law, family law, personal injury, absolutely embrace the mediums that people might be looking at, you know, when they're at home and watching TV or, you know, when they shouldn't be on their phone at work or something like that. But that doesn't necessarily mean those are the only places you really think about an active social media campaign. LinkedIn has 660 million users, and most of the people using that are with professionals or corporate-minded, business-minded. So you're missing a huge audience there. And then, as I said, with the with the personal injury, the family law, the people fields, Instagram has one billion active users. Facebook has two and a half billion active users. So, you know, even if you think, well, I'm only going to hit one percent of that, that's still a pretty large chunk to try to get yourself some visibility and potential clients. You know, and there are some options that are kind of in between where it may not be a sure hit. But it might be something that's worth considering, like, for example, Twitter. You know, Twitter is not always, you know, what you think of when you think of social media marketing for lawyers. However, you know, we've seen some success with it. For example, we have a securities fraud law firm that has hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter. And that may not have been their initial thought of, oh, where should we be posting? But depending on your niche, depending on where you are in your legal practice, that may be a great place for you to 
consider. And, you know, again, social media doesn't mean that you always do the same things. You should have consistency, as Allison pointed out, you know, and, and even Jen, as she pointed out, with the design consistency, but not your consistency doesn't have to be the same of another attorney. Right. And it's really worth taking to the time to strategize and develop which platforms work best for you. Exactly. And of course, some some are more content based and some are more design based. I mean, you're not failing if you're not on all of them. And I don't know if that's maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but I do think, right, you should choose the channels that are working for you, where the people that you're looking to convert are. And they may be on Instagram and, you know, not on Twitter or they may be on Twitter and not on TikTok. You know, uh, I don't think you're necessarily failing if you're not on every social media channel that exists. Right. And that also allows you to put your efforts into what you know is going to work best for you. Um, you know, there's definitely time involved in keeping up with your social media accounts. And it's a lot easier to, to keep up with the three, you know, are going going somewhere versus, you know, the 10 that you just want to, you know, to, to exist on essentially. But Nancy, you touched on something else too, that I think is, um, is really helpful about, you know, kind of having your, where the audience exists on those social media platforms and, for posting at them versus, you know, kind of inviting them to come to you. So you don't necessarily need to wait for your audience to find you, right? Like LinkedIn and um, Facebook groups, for example, are a great way for, you know, you to find, you know, to find people. Twitter, you mentioned, um, is really big on the hashtags, right? And it's really easy for a user to click on those hashtags and find other relevant accounts and kind of like engage with that content. Um, you're essentially, you know, putting yourself on their radar and giving them a reason to to check you back out, right? To check out your profile. Yeah, exactly. And, and also uh, sort of going back to what Allison was mentioning in terms of, you know, finding your strength and, and where you might also um, find people who are a little more like-minded. It's also important to keep in mind where these social media platforms kind of excel. So for example, like Instagram, you can't post anything unless you have an image. So it is very visual based, you know? So if you have graphics that you would like to use, uh, again, keeping with your branding and making sure that that visually matches everything else. Um, and if you have very nice, visual impressive stats that you might want to share or anything uh in relation to that uh that's a you know obviously the visual places would be the best place to look at something like that like an instagram uh i think tiktok is definitely a younger audience but it very often feels like it is underutilized um by a lot of um attorneys that might make sense being there for example like we have a younger uh, attorney i know that is working with a lot of intellectual property stuff uh and she posts pretty often on tiktok and is almost the only one doing it and because of that the traction is unbelievable <laughs> so uh knowing kind of where uh either clients or whoever you might be looking for uh might be occupying already uh might help you choose which to focus on better and Jen, that's exactly right. You know, with the, the younger attorney you mentioned on TikTok, a lot has to do with your personality. You know, if you're comfortable getting up there and making those kinds of videos, embrace it. If you feel natural in front of the camera, you're very conversational, go for it. You know, it, and Allison, that what she said is right, too. You're like, you're not failing if you're on one and not another. But, you know, if you feel, hey, you know, I really have something to say. I think I could make some great TikToks. We're not saying that you shouldn't. You know, like I said, capitalize on the audience who catches you. 
we don't represent this particular client, but I happen to know that there's a criminal defense lawyer that is huge on TikTok because he just breaks everything down and he does it in a very casual way. He's very engaging and it works for him. So if you find you are great at hashtags, definitely embrace Twitter. You know, if you think you can make some great videos, do TikTok. You know, what Jen said is extre- extremely important too. And we'll tackle this area in a little couple bits, but you have to think about your imagery for a lot of social media too. So don't just commit to a platform because you think you can handle it unless you're prepared to do the work. Because like I said, if you're just posting generic images on like Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, they're not going to go anywhere. So, you know, it is a realistic assessment of what are you good at? What are you going to devote to? And what are you going to excel at? And with that in mind, we're going to break it down a little bit. So let's talk about how to excel at your content first and then how to excel at your design. All right, Allison, this is your area first and foremost. So let's talk about how to excel at posts for content. Okay, so I think the number one mistake law firms make on social media is that everything is a is a pitch. Every post they make is a pitch. It ends with a contact us or call us or learn how we can help you. And that's the wrong approach. Occasionally a pitch, of course, is great, but the people that you're brushing shoulders with on social media, they don't care about your services, at at least not right away. They care about what's helpful to them and, you know, what will solve their problems. So your best interest in catching their attention and getting them to notice you, remember you, to come back for more, to hit that like, follow button is to consider what problem they have and how you can solve it or what, um, you know, what their interest would be. Um, so like for an example, right. Let's use a PI example. It's August, uh, schools are coming up, right. School is going to open up here shortly in a few months. Uh, you can, you know, maybe you post a graphic about like the school bus laws or school zones, like a remember, or did you know, or, you know, this intersection had X, Y, Z accidents, you know, be, remember to be, you know, those types of things. So you're not saying, oh, if you get in an accident at a school zone area, you know, come call our law firm. It's offering some sort of information that enhances somebody's, you know, day or life or understanding of a problem. Absolutely, Allison. And that's something when I meet with our clients, I directly address with them because too many of our lawyers, I mean, it's the ones I see, but it's just true of everyone on social media. I think they use social media as just one stop bragging post. Hey, we won this case. Hey, we got this award. We got this award. We got this award. Do you need to tell your audience that you won awards? Absolutely. But if that's the only posts you're doing, and that's what I say all the time, if you're doing only PR posts, people are going to tune you out. I mean, I do it. I'm sure we know we all do it. You know, when you just see, yes, they're talking about super lawyers again. Yes, they're talking they want another case. Yes, there needs to be some occasional posts of how successful you are. But social media posts need to be interesting. You need to give a reason for someone to want to follow you. You know, I would I might have a daughter in school. And if someone was posting about, you know, intersections to avoid, I'd absolutely read that and care about that. You know, it needs to be something that someone is going to care about and want to follow you and not just tune you out. Because if you're tuned out on social media, you're campaign is going to be a complete failure. 
Right. And, and you know, it, it's here's a chance that you have to have a personality. You know, yes, you may have a corporate personality, but talk about what's going on in the industry. Come across as an authority. Come across as having expertise. Don't just be we're the best, we're the best, we're the best. Because guess what? Everyone's gonna say we're the best, we're the best, we're the best. Yeah, it's you know, it's communicating with, not at, right? Um, so you, if you start thinking about what your audience would like to see versus what you want them to do, right? Like call you or click here, uh, you know, your content will be better geared essentially toward making that ultimate conversion. Um, But the other important aspect, I mean, of course, we always want people to convert, but you're really looking to drive up the engagement because that's what's going to make the conversion. Um, And, you know, that kind of goes back to like waiting for your audience to come to you versus you going to them. So posting so important, obviously it's like, you know, the, the bread and butter of making your social account work, but you also need to, you know, take a few minutes to click around and to engage with other posts, other groups, other hashtags, you know, people that are relevant in your industry. That's another important aspect of content creation that's kind of often overlooked when, when thinking about your social media strategy. Yeah, and it's exactly what you're saying, Allison. It's about existing consistently, you know, so you don't necessarily have to post every day, you know, even if you only post like maybe twice a week, but make sure that you have visibility elsewhere. So if it is commenting on a local member of the community or another organization, you know, you're still gaining that visibility and you're also still like, but make sure it's a thoughtful interaction with that, not just, oh, hire our law firm, you know, that's not going to go anywhere. But, you know, even if it's just congratulating someone who did something wonderful, you know, it's keeping yourself relevant, it's keeping yourself out there and it's allowing yourself to still continue you to be visible. I think a good example, right, is so like law firms, right, you have your holidays, of course, you're posting, you should be posting things like you're mentioning, like if you have an event or a new hire, you're moving offices, um, you know, you're involved in a community, sponsoring events, stuff like that. Um, but a good example of like, you know, how you can take the content right to the next level and make it actually, you know, valuable to someone is like, if you're looking at the monthly holidays, we just had pride, we just had um, Mother's Day in May, right? So an employment law firm, maybe instead of saying, you know, happy Mother's Day, which is what I guess that we would expect and what I'm sure every law firm around the country is doing, um, you know, as an employment law firm, you can do our top five favorite ways to recognize moms in the workplace this month. And, you know, just list it out, list it out in a graphic, list it out in a blog post and link to your blog post. Uh, Something like as simple as that, right, is more engaging than just the standard Happy Mother's Day announcement. Absolutely. And that, I think, is one of the biggest traps that I see with our clients. You know, we're not going to say that Paper Street is the only people to do your social media. I'm far from it. However, I think a lot of times law firms, businesses, anybody will hire someone to do their social media. And the extent of it is exactly what you're saying. Happy Mother's Day. Merry Christmas. And that's really the only amounts of thought that go into it. But if you can truly have a personality with those posts, that's what's going to take you into a brand that gets followed, that gets visible. Because again, as you said, there's 7,000 people doing a Happy Mother's Day post. So if that is all the social media team that you hired is doing, then they're not going to be getting you any bang for your buck because you're just going to be another fish in the gigantic ocean. You need to have something that stands out. Yes, you should address these holidays. Of course, you know, we all celebrate them, but come up with a way to do it in a way that's unique and appealing. And I think that really stems into Jen's area of expertise where you have to understand 
what should your posts look visually, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Facebook, you know, whether it's Instagram, there is a, an important sense of what you need to look at with a firm's posts in terms of their design. Jen, would you like to share some pointers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and this was sort of mentioned a little earlier too, but, uh, you know, understanding what kind of tone you want to have, whether that is sort of a more professional side um, or if it is a little more casual, if you want to be something that is uh, giving advice or tips or uh, keeping the, the content more about them, essentially, um, you know, you want to make sure that your visual imagery also aligns with that. Um, and that can also range from whether it is sort of a more illustrative uh, kind of visual aspect or if it is very graphic heavy or if it is photography. But you don't want to rely only on photography. Um, You need to have some messaging with it as well. Um, And the other thing to always keep in mind as well is um, how you want your viewers to see and interact with it because you want them to interact with it. So how do you want them to feel when they're seeing this imagery? Uh, If you want them to feel hopeful, if you want them to feel like they came away with some important information, um, make sure your imagery speaks to that. And it's not just your logo slapped on a you know, photo of a person smiling, (laughs) you know, make sure that it is uh, not only appropriate for whatever content you're attaching with it, but also um, in what feeling you want them to take away from it. Something that is eye-catching, but still on topic. And you can apply those designs to your brand as well. You know, if you have someone who can really help you with that, you know, it's all about creating visuals because you could have like something that we do is like we have these like branded templates where you can get the gist of what general social media posts should look like. I mean, you don't want the same template for everything, but maybe if you're using social media to engage potential young attorneys who could be joining your firm, think about what message that should be. Think about what type of colors it should have. Think about the imagery so that it's an inviting sense. If you want to say, hey, we're a young hip law firm, and I get clients that tell us that. They say, look, we don't want only you know mid-year, mid-career attorneys hiring. We would love some of the young blood. So what would that stand out to? Similarly, if you know there are great things about your, your firm, the reasons to work there, you know, maybe you only have a 35-hour work week, you know, maybe you have more holidays than most things. Things like that, you know, don't just have the text, but have it something visual that will match and catch someone's eye. Absolutely. And the frequency of how you post is important too, because, you know, when you free- post a lot, you know, you still want your feed to stay, your imagery to stand out in the feed. So Jen, you know, you probably deal with this a lot, but it's about having your logo appear in a way that's visible or your firm name, or even just the colors you choose, correct? Yeah, exactly that. And and of course, all of those should remain um, true to your branding, um, which is also kind of the guidelines of, of how you're going to represent yourself visually in any way. Uh, and also for those highly visual um, social media platforms, you want to make sure that, you know, at a glance, because if someone goes to your page, they get to see sort of thumbnails of each of your posts. So you want to make sure that those are visually uh, different from each other as well, because if it's the same you know, graphic with maybe like a word on top of it or something, then that can uh, just kind of lead to fatigue. Uh, And they might not be able to notice a post that is very relevant to them or very important to them. So make sure that they're sort of visually different while also maintaining your brand and your consistent tone colors uh, with, of course, your logo on there as well. And also, you know, it's important to realize that when we say your design, it's not just the image, the photography and the text, because you need to have a message 
image in your posts too. And that's often where the content teams and the design teams have to come together and work to make sure that not only does the design fit the intended message, but that you have the appropriate text to get someone to pay attention. Yeah. Just a quick uh, kind of uh, anecdote we used to say uh, is that design is words and pictures. It's not just one or the other. You need both of them to work together. Yeah, for sure. You know how we're set up here at Paper Street, right? For our social clients, we have the design person and the content person. And like you said, it's, it's a collaboration. And very often that's like, Hey, I have this great idea. Like, you know, what can we do image wise? And it's, you know, just a quick, you know, three minute conversation to make it come together. And it's interesting too. I mean, I know if I'm on social media, it's usually because I'm like doing something else and a headline could also be what catches me just as much as the image. So if you put, you know, a a catchy headline, and again, even if you're professional and you're trying to seek a higher end client, it doesn't have to be catchy, like click here to win millions or, you know, hire us to recover every possible damage, you know, but it could be something interesting statistic. It could be, you know, how to protect your child on the school bus. You know, again, we're on that school bus, but it's the truth. Or if it's your immigration lawyer, you know, what to know about, you know, the upcoming travel guidelines, you know, something that really is informative because again, yes, your picture will stand out, but if you're using Twitter or something like that, you may not have a great opportunity to include the technically actually correct design. So what could you do with that design that you also incorporate some text? And it's important to realize too, that with your social media posts, whether it's the design, whether it's the message, whether it's both, your goal is again, branding and engagement and interaction. So if you make this post that catches someone's eye, will they share it? Is it a funny image that someone's going to share because it made their day? It was humorous. Is it particularly insightful that someone's going to share? You know, is it profound? Is it just flat out interesting? So your, your goals with social media are different than just a regular website or your goal. Your goal is to not only interest your potential client, but it's to interest a group because if you can interest potential clients and those who even know them, then you could act as a referral basis. So like, let's say you have a person who just friend was arrested. You know, it may not be that the person who caught your, that you, whose eye you caught is the one that needs your services directly. But if you've created something that's worthy of them passing it along, then that is achieving your goal just as much as hitting your targeted audience directly. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Definitely nailed it. Uh, and also in reference to, you know, whether that is keeping in, in touch with sort of the local things, uh, as you mentioned earlier, you know, if someone starts talking about crosswalks, you're going to pay attention because that's your town. Or if you are more of a, a global um, or even like an immigration thing, uh, if you're giving out tips that are helpful for, you know, your expertise, uh, that will absolutely catch some traction. Yeah, the, on, a great way to do that is to look at the news, to look at pop culture. There's almost always an opportunity for something there that is being talked about currently for you to spin it, a trending event into something that's related to your industry. Absolutely. And like I said, the goal is to just be interesting. You know, you don't have to be profound. You don't have to be, you know, the expert on anything and everything. But if you just have something interesting to share, 
then it's it's insightful. You know, again, it was a big deal a while back um, when three well-known celebrities committed suicide, which is a horrible topic. But law firms were talking about things that were interesting about it. You know, can you sue the psychiatrist? You know, things like that, that it may not ordinarily have been something that you would think of directly. But popular culture is a great way to to be part of what's trending and what's in the news because you can have as Allison said, a spin on it that presents your services and your authority in a way that may not be connected. So this is where, like I said, we said again, creativity really comes into social media. So if you don't have the ability to draw in audiences with this creativity, then you may not be able to get as much out of a social media campaign as others would. And on that note, you know, there is one thing that we always like to point out, you know, for social media, your engagement is actually pretty good if you do one to 3%. You know, if you have people engaging with your social media only at a rate of one to 3%, you're doing well. So that's the kind of thing where, you know, it may be easy to get frustrated with social media and give it up very quickly because, oh, it's not getting me a dozen new clients a day. That's not what you did it for. You know, you did it for that exposure. You did it for that branding. And if you are seeing some aspects of engagement or some traffic, then consider that a win. So only take on social media if you are comfortable and willing to understand that it takes some time, it takes some work, but it's not going to be the powerhouse. It's not like a paid ad that may appear and get you 10 cases at once. You know, should you still do social media? Absolutely. Whether it's for your brand or whether it's to gain new lawyers, whether it's just exposure in general, or as Jen mentioned, like becoming a more active portion of your community. Absolutely. But just to keep in mind that lofty goals with social media is not necessarily something you're going to hit. If you can become one of the viral TikTok sensations, power to you. But just realize that realistic goals are still important with your social media. Yes, very important. (laughs) We would love for you to go viral, but, uh, you know, it's not going to happen, at least not right away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of it is, I know there's always that, that desire for that sort of instant gratification, but someone following your stuff or seeing it for months might not need your services right now, but when the, you know, the moment arises, they'll have you in their mind because they've already seen you posting good advice or things that, that have worked out for you as well. So it's, it's important to keep that in mind. Absolutely. And on that note, thank you so much, Allison and Jen. I think we've done a great job of providing a brief overview of social media for our clients and or our listeners, I should say. So thank you so much to everybody. And we hope you enjoyed our show. Listen to us next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.